Welcome everyone, Eric Smith here with Alliance Systems. If you're new to Laundry Talks, I'm glad you're joining us. This is a podcast where we talk about laundry and learn about what some of the best in class textile rental operators are doing in their businesses today. Uh, I'm really excited about today's topic, which is gonna cover price increases. You know, price increases are just a reality in every business, but how companies approach them operationally varies quite a bit. And today we're going to hear a story about how one company completely changed the way they approach their price changes with their customers and learn a bit, a, a little bit about how that went for them. So stick around to find out about that. I recently spent some time traveling through the great state of Iowa and made my way to a town on the far east uh, side of Iowa on the Iowa-Illinois border, uh, Muscatine. I've never been there before. Muscatine is the home of Phelps, an independently owned industrial laundry. And I'm hoping to learn more about what Phelps does today. But first, we're going to meet our guests. And yes, I said guests. We're fortunate today to have not one, but two industry veterans joining the podcast. And they both work at Phelps. Judy Krentz is currently the office manager overseeing the front office. She's worked at Phelps, I believe, for over 13 years and has also managed the plant operations for the company as well as the office. So she's the go-to person for anything billing related. And I can tell you uh, that she is a wealth of information and we can all learn a few things from her. Also joining us today is Melissa Bush, who has been with Phelps for, for many, many years, even more years, I believe over 20. I didn't know if you want me to say that, but I can't believe that's even true. Melissa is the director of operations at Phelps. And when I was recently on site, she gave me an amazing tour of the facility. I have to tell you that some of the technology at Phelps is just incredible. Both Judy and Melissa know that uh, know exactly what they're doing, and I'm hoping to pick their brains a little bit today. Thanks for joining us and welcome. This is the podcast for the textile rental operator community to learn new things, share ideas, and drive conversations. Welcome to Laundry Talks with your host, Eric Smith. This episode is brought to you by Alliance Systems. I can see the new branding of the Phelps logo in the back. And, um, you know, tell me before we get started, uh, I don't know who wants to take this question, but tell me a little bit about Phelps. What type of business is it and what services do you offer? Well, as Eric said, we're located in Muscatine, Iowa. So we're right on the border of Iowa and Illinois. We service those two states along with Wisconsin. Um, we do primarily industrial rental and we have a, a facility services division as well and custom image wear. So we kind of span across those three divisions um, in our company right now. Yeah, I, we did get a tour of the, um, the custom uh, corporate apparel division, which seems like that's a, a pretty big growing part of your business. And I, I will give you a quick shout out. I know that some of us ended up leaving with our really nice uh, Phelps branded uh, baseball cap. So thank you for that. Um, let's see. Uh, now that we know a little bit about Phelps, let's learn a little bit about both of you. I always have to know every time I do a podcast, I have to know how someone found their way into the laundry industry. So Judy, do you want to go? You want to go first? How did you find yourself at Phelps? Yes, I can. I'll start. So um, my mother actually worked in the production plant. So um, a summer break is what reeled me 
which we can say. Um, so I helped out in the summer and then I didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, and started off as a utility and then I became the production manager. And then um, I transitioned into the office where I have spent the last nine years. Yeah, I've heard that story before. I started and then I never left. That's a, that's a common. <laughs> How about you, Melissa? Kind of the same exact story. So um, worked in high school. I graduated with um, Mike's son. So we um, worked in high school and we painted poles in the plant. We worked in the stock room. We were building a new facility at that time. So we did that. I went away to college, graduated and came back just to help out in the office. And once again, I guess I never left. 20 some odd years later, here I am still at Phelps. Yeah. And, and do your non-work friends, do they, uh, how do you explain to them? Do they know what you do? Do they know what your industry is? Uh, how do you explain what you do to them? Well, everybody thinks we have a bunch of home washers that we put all these this laundry in and then sort it out. But clearly everybody knows in the laundry industry, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, everybody at Phelps is a very well-known where we're located here. And um uh, we have a great gig right now. Well, thanks. That helps out. I, I will say one other thing that I was fortunate enough to see when I was on site was uh, happened to be visiting on a day that you were having an employee appreciation uh, event, which was uh, kind of a celebration of some key uh, anniversaries for your employees. And one thing that I thought was interesting, and we, we might be able to get a photo of it for the, for the uh, podcast, but uh, you have a big uh, Wheel of Fortune wheel that you get your employees to spin in front of the entire crowd. And uh, so they get a spin for prizes. And I thought that was really a great idea uh, just from a, from an HR standpoint. And I just wondered if you wanted to add anything about how long you've been doing that. Oh, geez. Aww. We've been doing it for four years now, maybe five years. Or so. yeah. um, it's with Phelps. It's, we have a lot of large corporations in the community we're in. So we try to provide a culture that, brings the employees here and keeps them here. We want to feel part of our family just like everybody else is here. So we do the the wheel and they're eligible to win prizes that we do a survey and see what they would like to see versus maybe just giving them a card and a clock. So they can they can win anything from a solo stove to a speaker to $1000. Yeah, $1000 <laughs> um if it's a major anniversary for working yeah, I so a thousand dollars is the top prize, and how many times has that been been the wheel landed on that? I would say I can remember yeah. at least five off yeah. the top of my head. So you have to it has to be a five, ten, fifteen year anniversary to be eligible for that. Otherwise, it's a free spin for another prize. Gotcha. One other thing about that lunch was that we got to see the industrial kitchen that you guys have built up close uh, and personal, and uh, that kitchen was able to feed basically, I don't know, was it 50 or 60 people that day? That was pretty impressive. What it just, what are the benefits you guys get by having, you know, that capability on site? So we provide free lunch um, to our staff, and then we also um, prep some cookouts there for some of our customers as well. So we're able to use it to just get everything ready for those two events that we do. Right. And it probably keeps a lot of people around the facility during right. during the daytime yeah yeah so so that's awesome so one of the main goals of this podcast is really to just give back and share information that that may help other operators and you know sometimes even the smallest piece of advice can make a huge difference it can save a little bit of time or money here and there and and that all adds up when i was on site 
something really jumped out at me, and that is the discussion we had about price increases. And if we can, I want to share a little bit about that discussion today. And it really started with, with we were talking about kind of what you used to do from a price increase stand, uh, perspective. So, you know, you, your customers have scheduled price increases, whether it's just a kind of an annual increase or a scheduled increase. Um, and we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that Phelps used to have uh, with that process. Can you just talk a little bit about where, kind of how things used to be uh, and how you used to manage that process? Oh boy. So yes, um, I believe in 2017 is when we finally implemented the set month um, that we do price increases. But before that, um, one of the main pain points was um, managing, you know, almost every single month price increases, you know, their yearly increase uh, on just scattered months or random months. So so hard to manage um, that part of it. Who was getting it? Did it go? Did we accidentally miss one? How do we audit to make sure that um, they're set to the correct month, to the correct year? So then that's when we kind of talked about um, potentially moving the yearly price increase to a set month. And um, it was quite a process mm -hmm. to get there, but um, we are now 100% um, on just a month um, on same day or same week, obviously, um, for all uh, customers. Okay, so let's go back to the the way it, it used to be. So just for so people understand that uh, when you would set up a new customer, sign a new customer, they would basically have their their contract start date, and that that contract start date would essentially serve as a future price increase date on the anniversary of that date. And so you ended up with a situation where you might have five, you know. Uh, 50 or 200 different days of the year where you're actually running price increases through your billing system. Is that, is that accurate? That is correct. Yes. And it was, it, it was just difficult also to get customer those calls, right? Hey, I'm we got a price increase and, you know, having to go into fact, looking it up, was it, you know, is it correct? Um, did we accidentally do it a month ahead, um, getting everybody on board when we now have it on a set month, on a set week, we connect, we know that we're going to be expecting all the calls. We prep, do a lot of prep work before that. We um, make sure our service department's available, customer services on board. Um, that way our customer has the best customer experience and we're prepared and we know exactly what it was. So you, so you would essentially you know, it, not everyone was on the same page because the price increases just kind of came and went every day or every other day. And a customer's price increase would occur, their price would go up. Maybe the route service rep would show up on site. It would be a surprise to the customer that day. The customer would maybe then have questions for the route service rep. They would have questions for your, they would call in with your service department. And so you weren't really just prepared for that because they just happen, you know, every day or throughout the process. Correct. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, um, billing can fluctuate if they're adding uniforms or they're removing uniforms. And our route rep wasn't sure, you know, exactly what the unit cost was before this week, if, you know, they weren't looking. Um, so that, that was, it was just hard to stay on top of it, make sure that the route rep knew that it was their turn to get the price increase. So it, it was just, um, it was a lot of managing. Yeah, it wasn't part. easy to communicate to our staff and the customer that, hey, your price increase is going to be this month. 
So we thought we should just simplify it for everybody. Yeah, so while you had the ability to do automatic price increases and they were entered in the software and they were scheduled, uh, they're basically, that created a lot of challenges around communication with the customer and internal communication, customer service, the ability to answer questions and have kind of a common message to the customer. And so these calls would just come in haphazardly, essentially. Is that is that fair? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how did the service staff really deal with those calls as they came in? It was just part of a day-to-day process or they would be like, oh no, here we go. You know, we've got these calls coming in today because we had these price increases. Were they, were, were you guys alerting the service staff uh, if specific customers were getting price increases on a certain day? We did not. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, there really was, it was so, it got to the point where we weren't able to manage it, you know, a hundred percent in our service department communicated, you know, going to say and it was it, it just became a <laughs> wait I, I i didn't quite hear what you said it just became a what is what you said a headache <laughs> yeah exactly so um well and that's great but so and and what what percentage of your i'm just kind of curious about is that just a standard procedure and by the way i know that's your uh, this is your specialty, Judy, is uh, having standard procedures, right? So <laughs> what is your, just curious, this is more a curiosity, what's your standard procedure as far as price increases in new accounts? Is that is that kind of a, a company policy or is this uh, something that varies by, by account? Um, it is, um, d- it varies on account is what it is. It is what um, is agreed upon um, when the service agreement is signed between the salesperson and the customer. Um, and then that information is given to us. We're then keying that information into the system, and then the system pretty much does it for us. And now Perfect. it is um, when it's going to be, and it's all clear information, clear communication to everyone. So it's great. Perfect. So then five, six years ago, you mentioned earlier, 2017, you guys said, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. So who... Who's who, who? Who's going to take credit for this idea? I think it was our whole team. We're just right. how can we make this experience better for everybody. It was always such a headache to not only budget money for us, but budget money for our customers. So how are we going to know that the price increase went in correctly on every single item that should have been price increased and it was the right rate? So we're like, we can manage it a lot better if we can run some mock scenarios and. Before queries were super popular in Alliant, we used to have Alliant create us a double deck for the most part, run the price increase forward, and then double check all the invoices individually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That. In fact, before we talk about your solution, one of the uh, interesting things is that um, if you, when you have the price increases scheduled all throughout the year, you know sometimes there's this question that comes up: is oh, did did we forget to do one, or did one happen, or not? Um, because they're not all grouped together, they're just occurring. Sometimes there's that that question, and so there's obviously a lot of ways to to handle that in the system. And you can run your report to see, hey, who's going to get a price increase this week, and let's sit down and talk about those. But sometimes if those processes aren't really in place and those procedures aren't tightly followed, and you're not paying attention to it, that's how you end up with kind of this unknown of whether or not the price increases went through. So. That that kind of brings it um, 
back to your solution and um, you guys were brainstorming and decided that you were going to move all your customers' price increases to a specific date annually. Is that that's correct? That is correct. Okay. And so let's talk a little bit about what problems that solves for Phelps. So, so what's the biggest what's the biggest advantage for you um, having a single price increase date? I think transparency just to our staff and our customer is the number one thing. It made it so that everybody's on the same page about what's going to happen. There's no hidden off-cycle price increase. It's one year. You can count on it. You can budget it. We can budget it. Everything is accountable. And Yeah. And, and you, our salespeople also have a really good relationship with our customers. Um, so they, they, if they got a call, they would know automatically if it is, you know, um, that set month that um, they'd say, you know, it was your yearly price increase. That's what was and so just having mm-hmm. helping budget and our customers knowing exactly when it is going to be it is life changing and Judy team prior we work on this with our customer service team ours we do trainings on how to handle it um, concerns with a price increase prior to this so everybody's on the same page and the same message is delivered and so your customers uh, it sounds like that they're aware that the price increase of the Correct. price increase date is that part of kind of your your onboarding process with a new customer you guys showed me one of the most uh, impressive kind of onboarding customer packets um, and it had a lot of information about you know this is who we are this is how we do business this is what you do if you need any help or service um, and is that part of that packet I'm just kind of curious um, yes, all that information is in the packet and is well stated on the service agreement. Great. Um, so the customers, you had kind of mentioned that it was just, it's something that customers are aware of. There's no confusion. To, let's talk a little bit about um, what problems is, that you've solved internally, just from a kind of internal operation. Um, what benefits have you seen uh, on the service side? Being able to talk through it very easily that it's mm-hmm. on your contract. It's your once a year non-off-cycle price increase. We don't do off-cycle price increases. Um, that, was the, that was the main problem it solved for everybody. And I think on Judy's side in the office, they're able to make sure it was done correctly because it's all we can spend a couple hours and go through it and make sure everything was applied correctly as far as goes. So also from another thing that I think that this salute, the, one, of the, one of the real beauties of this solution is that it also kind of gives you, if most of your price increases occur you know, on this specific date, it gives you a great place to, to measure. You, know, you always know that you can go back to this specific date and you can see kind of the before and the after. And so there's no going through all these individual dates throughout the year. So I don't know if that's also been a benefit from a management perspective. Okay. Being able to budget that added revenue and the customer being able to budget added increase is very transparent over time. Yeah, we we also talked a little bit about exceptions, and I'm kind of curious about how that those happen. So, you know, if you've just passed your your price increase and then uh, six weeks later you sign up a new account or a new account signs up six weeks before your price increase, how are you handling these exceptions and and Kind of what's the procedure for for dealing with that type of situation? Yes, that is um, totally up to um, 
and the sales representative um, on for the most part, if they are within weeks, two months, our sales um, will push that increase uh, to the following uh, months and year. Okay. So, so there are exceptions and you have a way to handle it and the customer understands it, that they're basically missing this price increase, but they'll get it the following year. You got yep. it. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, a couple other things related to price increases. And I know, um, you know, Judy, you made some, some nice uh, suggestions uh, when I last <laughs> saw you, but it, the price increases encompass currently not just you know, the unit pricing, but um, kind of what other areas uh, are currently part of your price increases right now? Is it, it's not just limited to the price increase of the product, it's really all the services on the invoice? Correct. It is 100% all of the um, services in the agreement, correct? Um, so um, not just the product, um, the programs, the service charge, any other items, everything that is a part of the agreement price increase. Right. And then uh, speaking of pricing, it's not really necessarily price increase related, but uh, what, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. You're, you are using some of the, uh, the size upcharge functions of the software. And kind of tell me a little bit about kind of where your, where your price points are on, on the different sizes of garments. Um, so yes, we do a size upcharge um, on outsizes is what we call them or extended sizes. Um, and that's currently set up center. Um, there's an option where um, there's obviously all your sizes. You can select what percentage you want to upcharge that specific size for that specific SKU. Um, so it all depends on, you know, that is something that is in our agreement. Um, and so depending on, you know, what everybody else's agreement states or if it states it or not, that is another option um, that can help offset the cost for those extended sizes um, or special merchandise as well. So if you're if if I'm a if I'm a customer of yours and I'm I'm in an XL you know, coverall or something and I go to from an XL to a two XL, uh, do a size change. The system's automatically going to recognize that the the operator keying the information in the office. It's kind of basically it's it's transparent to them. They don't they don't have to do anything. They just do the size change to the new size and the new price automatically takes effect. Is that accurate? Correct. Yep. When you set it up. At you center with the separate set size. Anytime you do a size exchange, you add, you remove, you know, whatever it is, the system automatically will calculate that upcharge percentage times the unit rate. Um, and it's pretty simple. You don't have anything. The system does it automatically for you. And one of the things that, and I get this question a, a good bit, is that when, when, when operators are doing the size up charges, say whatever it's 20% for a 2XL or a 3XL, having that as a percentage is always preferable because as your unit price for that item goes up, the up charges also just naturally follow along. And so it doesn't require any maintenance from that perspective unless you want to increase the upcharge percentage, but that, that automatically follows along. Correct. Um, okay, perfect. Um, any other thoughts on, you know, some just kind of final thoughts on any benefits of, of running the price increase uh, 
people are happier uh, that work at Phelps and your customers are happier, it seems, by just having a very simple program? Is that is that um, kind of the, the takeaway there? I would say That's so. That's the gist of it. Yes. <laughs> Our customers know when to expect it. They know their set rate. Um, our whole entire office and service, everyone's on the same page, and it just honestly goes seamlessly. So, cool. Um, okay, I have a couple a couple non price uh, questions. One is, um, when when I was there, uh, you guys gave us a wonderful tour. the The facility is relatively new in terms of. Uh, industrial laundries, I would say. And um, just maybe talk a little bit about some of the technology you're running in your facility right now. I mean, it seems, I know you you basically retrofitted an existing uh, building, but tell me just a real quick summary of the, the operation you're running there right now. <laughs> well, um, we are in 80,000 square feet. We, have, we just extended our wash aisle. We use all Jensen products. Um, we're also RFID chips, so we almost have fully automated plant and what else you ran the plant forever what else? <laughs> <laughs> it is created from the time um the uh soiled is flung up in the slings to the time it comes out to the time it drops in the washer automatically the washer automatically unloads that puts it in the dryer the dryer that it's unloaded. We have a whole system that um, stores all of our garments upstairs. Once we know that our routes at are at 100%, we can call that that route. It comes down in stop um, sequence order. It then gets stored in route storage. When our um, RSRs are ready to load, it'll come down in that exact same order, and it goes out to the customer. Yeah, I noticed the size of the facility. I'll bet when you moved in, you probably felt like you'd never fill up that plant. And now it <laughs> seems like you're kind of getting close to it. It's getting full. What other, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said it's getting full, but that's a really good problem to have again. It's yeah. Be stretched out a little bit. Yes. One other thing that I noticed is a little bit unique in the world of uh, you know, automation. And now when you go into any public restroom now, you know, everything's an auto auto paper dispenser and things like that. But you guys are doing quite a bit of the older continuous roll towels. And um, you, we talked a little bit about that because you just don't see them as much anymore. And for people that don't know what a continuous roll towel is, it's that it's the, the fabric towel that kind of runs on a, on a loop in the bathroom. Um, you know, there's still a market for that. And you guys do a lot of that. Do you, you want to talk a little bit about that? We do. It's very <laughs> odd. Um, Everybody's going green, I guess. So they don't want yes. the trash. Um, so they love these continuous roll towels that we'll put on a wash program and they turn them in and we send them back without having any trash. So it's very green, very friendly. Um, yeah, we're one of the only people in our area, at least, that still do that's them. Still, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to see that. And I think that, that there's still a market for it, maybe really driven by, like said, green concerns and things like that. Um, one of the things I always like to also ask people is, um, as managers and kind of leaders in the industry, what are the things that um, that keep you guys up at night? What 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 are things that you worry about as from a business perspective, <laughs> uh, from a business perspective that, um, you know, maybe our challenges, uh, challenges in your role. 
you don't mean our kids. Is that what yeah, you're yeah. We could talk. We could go on for another half an hour if we <laughs> open it up to that. <laughs> um, I think for us right now, um, the challenge we're seeing is trucks. Um, we're having a really, really hard time getting delivery trucks. It's getting better, and I think it's going to continue to get better. But that is one issue that we have really had ever since COVID. Um, just like everybody else in the industry, I think cost of goods is yes. something that keeps us up because nothing is going down in price. Everything is going up. Um, other than everybody wants your service to go down in price, which is, you know, everybody's got to save money somewhere. But cost of goods for us um, lockers is, yeah, is has raised significantly. And then I think as everybody feels that same pain is staffing, trying to find the right people for the right positions. It's gotten way better um, but still, it's always a challenge. Same for you, Judy. Uh, yes, I would say the, the yeah, it, it really is. Other than staffing in the office actually is great. Yeah. It's not bad. Just overall, trying <laughs> once, you know, a couple of positions open, it's like you have a hard time filling them, but then you find the right staff and you're on a good uphill battle there. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to lose them once once you get them to a certain place. Yeah, that's perfect. I don't have a lot of time, uh, but when I when I want to watch something, I always love to get a recommendation. So, book, movie, TV show, something to binge. Uh, tell me what what's the best. What are what what have you been watching lately? Painkiller on Netflix. Oh, I started that. Yeah, it's good. Oh my goodness, it's like watch dope, it. It's like dope sick. <laughs> Is that the kind of opio opi, yeah. opioid crisis? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great. Okay. It, is that how, is that a movie or a series? It's a series on Netflix. Okay. So that's two thumbs up for that. Yeah. I, yeah. Pretty intense. I'm about halfway through it and it's been pretty, pretty interesting. Okay. How about you, Melissa? I'm actually watching the exact same one. Oh. Right now. I didn't talk about this before this podcast either. Eric. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, I watched it. Um, Dope Sick is the one that was on HBO Max. It's kind of the same story. Perfect. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I haven't seen it, but it is it is in the queue for me. So I wanted to ask if for anyone that finds themselves in, in Muscatine, uh, what's something uh, fun to do uh, in the city? Uh, if you're if you're there for a day, anything that you can recommend? I would say going to the downtown district. Seeing the riverfront. Going to, we have a historic downtown. They're putting a watermelon app. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I, and I did notice when we went down to the riverfront, there is a beautiful new hotel property in town, which yeah. is which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I would definitely so. hang out at the downtown district. There's a lot of businesses down there, restaurants. Um, there's a button museum. Um, yeah. all kinds of <laughs> a, a button museum. So yes. where, you, where the bend is in the river, there was a... Uh, that's where we got all the shells to make uh, pearl buttons. Oh, okay. So pearl buttons wow. were huge in Muscatine way back in the day. And uh, so there's button museums down there. See, there we go. I didn't know that. And that is that is a real service to the listeners of this show. Um, so, <laughs> but um, yes. yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. And I think um, it's just a fascinating topic and really, really, you know, excited that you were willing to share your thoughts and some of your expertise on that because I think some people will really benefit from from your experience. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah. Hey guys, 
Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a great resource uh, that you can fill out. If you're interested in learning how to streamline your routes, we've put together a ROI calculator that just takes a few pieces of information about your operation and will run the numbers and tell you how much money and time you can save every day. Click the link below if you want to go to that webpage. If you're listening, you can go to the alliancesystems.com website, click on resources, then click on Laundry Talks podcast, and you'll find a blog recap of every podcast and a link to that calculator. Thanks.